Sean Lippman is a nonprofit marketer and strategist. Sean and I connected a few months ago about podcasting and how he uses podcasting to help organizations share their stories. Sean uses a holistic approach to his marketing and to create digital presences for the organizations he works with. Today, we're going to talk about why he uses this passion for marketing and community building specifically for nonprofits and why investing in a GoPro might be worth it for your organization. So enjoy today's conversation about marketing. Welcome to the Art of Conversation. I'm Aaron Wogelinter. And I'm Chaim Simcha. Nowadays, we are constantly communicating and in conversation with everyone around us. We are two extroverts and conversation lovers exploring the depths of human connection, communication, and the soft skills needed on a daily basis. This is the Meta Conversation, a conversation about conversations. So tune in and join the conversation. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Awesome. Well, you know what? It's absolutely a pleasure to be here. Like I said, I think before we started rolling, I'm not used to being on the other end of the microphone. I'm used to being the one who does what you just did. And, you know, I always say to my guests, nobody cares about me. They only care about you. So so I guess now everyone gets to care about me, which is, is weird in a sense. But thank you so much for having me on the show. It's funny that you mentioned that. I think that in essence, everybody cares about you. And everybody cares about us. Nobody cares enough to really want to listen to that message long enough, which is why we have the, I think, the generation that we have nowadays, which segues right into what we were talking about. How do you get their attention? Oh, 100%. And it's actually funny that you talk about this, getting your attention and getting people to listen and pay, and listen to you. I, I was just having this conversation with two people simultaneously. One person called before. Um, and, you know, it was I was having this conversation with, with this other with, with a client and then somebody was texting me as well. And it's knowing your audience and knowing how to how do how do how do we get people to pay attention to us? Is it you have to know who you're speaking to, how you're speaking to them and how to create things that are going to resonate with them. If you don't do that and you're just creating content and you're just talking for the sake of talking, you hear your own voice, nobody's going to resonate with you. No one's going to connect with you because you said it. People's attention spans are the size of a potato. Like especially now when everyone's just on their phone, just scrolling through things and scrolling through crap. Like, yeah, 100%. And so if you don't know your audience, I literally just posted this video on LinkedIn right now because I was sick and tired of having this conversation with people. The biggest screw up in marketing and everyone's guilty of it to an extent, whether they know it or not, consciously or subconsciously is not knowing your audience because everybody wants to everyone wants to talk to everybody everyone wants to market to everybody but if you don't know who you're specifically trying to deal with how to speak to them on their level how to speak to them in a way that they can connect to you then you've missed the boat completely the whole reason this conversation got started with my 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 client is that we have this guy who mutually calls us he's a he's a coach a you know one of these like and he keeps trying to call us to get us to work with him and i said dude i've been doing sales since i was like 10 years old you're selling to me stop trying to sell to me i'm not your client i've been doing this i've been i've run multiple companies multiple businesses i've been doing these type of things i know how what i'm doing i know what my issues are and where i need to be fixed i don't need to spend 8 grand to fix my problems 
If I had an extra eight grand lying around and all my problems were solved, I'd take my kids to America because they're begging me to go. You know, it's about the art, knowing your audience, the art, exactly what you're talking about, the art of the conversation, how to speak to people, how to communicate with them correctly, and then sell them. And it's all subconscious selling. It's mark, it's, it's marketing 101, subconscious selling. And people screw this up all the time. I hear that. There, there's a lot of things that, uh, that people definitely screw up. Uh, it's uh, that that's just how the world works. Um, what you were saying before about the about the scroll, pe people's attention span. Um, stopping the scroll is really really super important. And I wonder if, and you mentioned selling, because everything in life is a sale. You can look at it as uh, whether it's a sale, whether it's pushing, pulling, whatever it is. Very very into podcasting now because I believe that gives over a message where you don't have to sell, you're giving over the message, it's now it's in the universe, then you can promote that message, but the message is there. It's not about selling. It's not about pushing at people. Um, so, so it's a multifaceted question here. First of all, how do you understand who that one person you're talking to? Because you, you mentioned, talk to one person, don't talk to everybody, right? If you want to build a company, they say in startups, if you want to build a company, build it for 100 people. Make them raving fans, red hot about your product. Don't go for a million people who will be lukewarm about your product. Make sure you focus in on those, on that target, on that target audience. Talk to that one person. So first of all, how do you find out who that one person is? And then second, how do you communicate effectively? Is it phone calls? Is it online? Is it videos? So, I mean, how do you under, how do you find that one person? How do you build that avatar? I mean, my background is in sales. My background before I got into marketing was in sales. So I always came from the approach of how would I want to be sold to? How would I want to, what do I want? How would I, if, if, if I was being pitched this product, how would I want to be sold to? What messaging would resonate with me? So I put myself in that position when, in, when I put my, I put my sales brain on and I put myself in that position to say, okay, so we have this type of product. This organization is trying to do this. How do we get that message? How do we convey the message to the people? And as I always like to call it, live vicariously through the organization without having to actually be there saving the whales. And so I put myself in that position to see, okay, this is, this is the, their type of people. This, this is their audience. This is how we're going. And, and we write and we create based according to understanding the layers of their types of people, like who they're working with. And in terms of knowing the audience, you have, and knowing how to get them with the right messaging and the right medium, you have to know where they're hanging out. You have to know, like, you know, if someone, if, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you know that your, your market are people that are like older, if you're dealing with an organization that their target audience is a much older demographic, don't create content on TikTok. Just don't do it because like no one, no one wants to watch you dance, do your stupid little dances. Like if, if you, if, if you're, if you have a product that is not visually appealing and it's not like is something that's going to grab people's attention and you, and you know, don't hang out on Instagram. If like, I don't have Instagram for my agency because one, I don't like it. I don't find that the people I'm going to be doing business with the type the, at the price points that I charge and the type of people I work with, I don't find that their Instagram people are relevant to me. Instagram's all fluff and stuff and, and not, and rubbish, you know, to an extent. 
But if you if you know where your audience is hanging, I recently I was used to be very big on Facebook for myself. I used to I have built Facebook groups. I used to be very big into the Facebook, and and then I realized that the type of nonprofits that you're going to find on Facebook, hang out in these nonprofit groups on Facebook, are these one to two man shows that aren't necessarily going to be able to let alone afford the electric bill. How are they going to be able to for, pay for marketing services? So when we, when I went, someone, someone gave me the advice to get back onto LinkedIn. I actually hated LinkedIn for a while, but then a, a wise fellow by the name of Brian Wallace turned me back onto LinkedIn and he told me, you should be on LinkedIn, dude, because this is where all your people are. And I'm going to show you how to build your profile back up. So once I figured that out and turn and, and figured out this is where the people, you know, you start creating content, you start creating the messaging and the, and the means that are going to bring in the people you want to do. So I guess when you're, it's the same thing with any type of business. Once you understand where your people are hanging out, what they're doing, and understand their habits, then you go to the next level of how do I create content that's going to resonate with them? Why do you think nonprofits have such a hard time finding their exact audience and the people they're looking for? Why? Because most of the time people run organizations like passion projects and they, they're not thinking clearly with their business brain and they think that they have a great mission. So everybody should be, should buy into their mission, but not everybody should, not everybody's ideal for everything, everything. And so when you have people who are, who are, think that they can do everything, but off, don't offer what you're actually doing. Like I had a client of mine. He, he, you know, I'm so happy that he finally realized this. He hired another team of consultants to help him really tighten up what he was doing because he thought he was trying to do everything and he was trying to be everywhere. But then, after, but then he realized, no, I have to do this, this, and this. Tweak the knobs and be here. Because people come into these things, both businesses do it all the time. Businesses do it too. There's no, there's no differentiation. Like for profit, non profit, there's no real difference. It's just a matter of what your measurable goals and your ROIs are going to be. And businesses do it also. They want to be every, they want to be everybody's every person. Take for example, you know, again, knowing your audience. Take for example the whole thing that happened with Bud Light. Everybody in the world knows what happened with Bud Light. They literally just, they like your audience has been the same people for like a bajillion years drinking your beer your american heartland american people and you go and you ruin that and you know like not knowing like in thinking that this is what everybody wants but really in actuality it's the opposite you have to like the same thing the organizations like i said organizations do this also is that they think that they have to cater to everybody and then this is where they end up spinning their wheels because then they create content that doesn't make any sense okay so what you were saying is so interesting it's not so much an issue of like these organizations and these nonprofits doing good or having the right mission, like mission validation almost. It's more just an issue of being able to communicate that. And that's why Chaim and Simcha and I, Chaim Simcha and I, um, we're excited to have you on because we see the whole issue here and we see all of the solutions that you're offering in terms of community and in terms of marketing are communication issues. So now you're this, this person who can come in and say, you're doing this and this right. Actually, everything you're doing is right. And here's how you tell people about it. And it's, a, it's an issue of communication. Yeah, 100%. Is that, you know, you, you have to, again, communication, regard, whether it's speaking to people directly, whether it's creating content, whether it's... It, it, the, 
podcasting, it's all communication. It's all about building relationships. And when you don't know how to communicate effectively, and this is, this is an issue with the, the generation that we're living in, is that people don't know how to effectively communicate. They just know how to text. I hate texting. I personally hate texting. I, I, I can't, I hate WhatsApping because you can't gauge people's, like how people are sent, like their emotions. Like you can't gauge the conversation. So it, you know, it's the same thing with written content. But one of the things that I, that I, I do very well is that I, I'm able to immerse myself in the people that we're working with and put their voice in my head when I'm writing content, when I'm writing emails. So that way I can, it can, it can transpose into what we're sending out. So people hear that voice. It's all about voice. It's all about having that, that type of connection and. When you communicate effectively and, and, and knowing how to use the voice, whether it's social podcasting videos, you know, this is how you're going to succeed in pushing your mission and pushing your business. The term, you know, mission driven, it's like a buzzword, but like if you really know how to communicate effectively, you can really drive your mission home. It, it, in education, it's the same way. You don't know how, if you don't know how to speak to people on their level and you're trying to sound more pompous than you are as a teacher or a professor or a rabbi or whatever, you know, you're, you're not going to, it's not going to resonate with your audience. Everything is community, everything is, is, is audio, is, is communication and audience. Yeah, it's one of the, your, one of the things you mentioned was that you have this ability to be able to put your, the voice of the client in your head, which is very unique. Because everyone says this is important, but it's a, it's a very unique thing to be able to say that you, um, you do that. And I'm curious, are you able to tell when reading, when reading com, um, posts or marketing material from organizations and companies, are you able to tell if they wrote it or if they, uh, if they got somebody else to write it? Sure. I can tell all the time. And I can also tell when ChatGPT wrote your stuff and it's a big, and it's the oh, dumbest that, thing in the uh, entire world. I think everyone can yeah. do that <laughs> no. nowadays. But I, I, you know, as a marketer, don't I, put that in as your superpower. I think everyone can figure out if uh, ChatGPT. But the other one is a superpower. No, I, I can, I can definitely tell when, 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 when it's written by somebody else, and so I can tell when people write and type their styles of content and what they're talking about that it, it's, it's, it's not, it, it's for, it's for show. I mean, everybody wants, it's all for show, but, but at the end of the, if you're not authentic and you're not, again, going back to knowing how to speak to your audience, if you don't know how to, if you don't know how to write and speak and communicate to them and correctly, then people will see through and no one's going to want to do business with you. So what are some ways that you, that you use, um, you don't have to spill all your secrets, but what are some, some ways that you use today? to help nonprofits speak to their audience. How we sit down, testimonials, 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 and stories, because it's all about storytelling. It's all about showing people what you're doing, not telling people what you're doing, because no one cares. No one wants you to, to be told, this is what we did, this is what we did. No one, they want to be shown that this is what our, your money's going to be doing. This is what your money's doing. This is how we've we've accomplished it with your donation. Partner with us on a, on a, on a regular basis so we can continue to do X Y and Z, and stories, 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 stories sell. The more stories you have, which all organizations have stories because they are story. They are they they are they are literally a walking storybook. They like the fact like every day is a new story. Every day is a new like if you strapped a GoPro to like some nonprofit founder or something, you you would have insane content because it's all stories. It's all that's all they do, and you know it's 
it's storytelling. That's literally what I told the, uh, sorry to cut in. That's literally what I told a nonprofit to do. Yeah. Right. It's like you j- walk around with a camera. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because it's all stories. It's all testimonials. It's all about social proof that you guys are doing good. You guys are changing the world and you're making the world a better place. And if you don't, and businesses also can do this because at the end of the day, again, it's the same, same thing, different variable. A business is also, you're trying, why did you, why did you create this product? What was your reasoning behind creating this product? You want to make a million dollars? Good for you. Great. Like, go for it. But like, why did you, like, why did you do this? You, you obviously had an underlying reason why you wanted to open this business, what you, what, what you wanted to accomplish. It's all about stories. It's all about social proof. And, and if you're not, if you don't have social proof and people aren't, then the, this is why I love podcasting for nonprofits also is because you're, you're able to share your stories. If you create a good show for an organization based on something that they're doing and you're able to share that, you can reach an audience far greater than your, than what's currently within your, your, your rate, your insular area. You can get this mission out to the rest, to the world. And if people, if people grab onto it, you've just gained yourself such a huge audience. And, and now you're, now you're able to do more. Yeah. I, in the world of testimonials, it's like very hard to toot your own horn, as they say, and to be like, oh, this is what my client said about me. So there's a creative way to be able to get your testimonial, maybe even without you posting it, maybe you should repost. Okay. That ask your, uh, your local marketing manager, what you should be doing. But the, the, the idea of testimonials happen all around you. People are, are almost always talking about you, or they should be if you're out there. And, uh, and you want to get those testimonials well, it, coming towards you. Yeah, 100%. And, and in testimonial, a testimonial is a very like vague term, theoretically. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you, you know, a testament to your work could be the fact that people are, are like chomping at the bit to give, to give you donations, that you're getting so many do- monthly donations because people love your mission. People want to connect to your mission. Have you ever seen that? Yes. I actually have a client that every email that we send out for them brings in about three to four donations on average. Two or three of them turn into monthly giving and their average is about a hundred to $150. They're, they're a local EMS organization based in New York. Um, an all women's EMS organization and people, and our, our job, our goal was to get them outside of their, their, their service area. More people can connect again, live vicariously through the organization without having to be part of that organization. And when people latch onto your mission and people can, can resonate with what you're doing, people throw money at you. It, it, people will throw money at you and people, because they want to be a part of it. Yes, they can't, you can't call them to save your life. But you can, but somebody, because you gave them that, that $18 donation, you just saved somebody's life. My, my question for you, Sean, is <laughs> you clearly have a skill of being able to communicate the, the message that's not your own, which is incredible. But why, why are you doing this only with nonprofits? Why is this something you're, or maybe why is this something you're so passionate about? Well, I worked with for-profit businesses for a while, and I find that they, you know, at the end of the day, when you're working with for-profit business, you're you're disposable. You know, they they get what you want, they want out of you, and even if you may, I, I listen, I made a guy, I, I worked with, I had I had a client, an e-commerce client, I made him 
uh, over $100,000 in sales. We spent $480 in ad spend. He was a niche of a niche client. He was dealing with a niche clothing products for his e-com site. We ran retargeting ads for him. We, he, I was charging him only like $500 to, to watch his ads, to set up and manage his ads, made him $100,000. And he comes back to me. I was like, it's like time to pay the bill. He's like, what did you do for me? It, you understand like the difference between why a nonprofit they like they see the value that you're bringing to them because they themselves want to, they their goal is to continue their mission is to is to grow their mission spread their mission spread the awareness and people who are generally running these nonprofits they're not marketing minded they're not business minded necessarily they're people with a passion they're people that have that want to do greater the greater good in the world so they they're more likely to actually appreciate your work and and when you have somebody who appreciates what you're doing and you appreciate what they're doing the, the, that relationship building aspect of it reciprocation and and the gratitude of it you're able to you, you know the longevity from a business perspective the longevity of the contracts is better because you're you're showing them that they can they can spread their mission and they appreciate it so they're going to continue working with you but also i just like helping people i've always liked helping people i've always even when i was younger i just like helping people i just like it's something in me that is is just I don't know how to explain it, but I just, I, I always liked helping people. I'm always there for people. You got a question, feel free to reach out to me. Give me a call. Happy to give you the time of day. Even if you're annoying me, I'm happy to give you the time of day because I feel for you because everybody's got potential and, and you just have to know how to communicate, again, communicate with these people effectively to bring out their potential. So whether it's you're helping an individual, or you're helping an, uh, an organization, you know, find, find that spark within them to maximize their potential. And this is why I like working with organizations. This is why I pivoted to nonprofits, because the, the 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 they appreciate your work, and they're happy to keep working with you, as opposed to that feeling of being disposable. I have marketer friends who have been doing this for years and made people millions of dollars, and they're just like, oh, one day, bye bye. It's a good lesson, first of all, for any nonprofits to see you. Uh, to they should be jumping on you because that's a. Uh... They all, they want teams of people who care and people who are passionate, but also it's important for for profit uh, business owners to be able to start treating their their uh, you know I don't know if you call them freelancers or their their contracted workers to start treating them uh, with with respect and treating them as a integral part. And it's interesting uh, when it comes this is like off the topic essentially, but it's a um, we're moving into this like gig economy where people have less people working for them or full-time employees. So now the question is, can you create a full team of people who are contracted workers, but there's still, a, there's still a feeling of team. There's still a feeling of belonging and of making a difference. So it's a very important lesson, whether you're, you know, nonprofit, you run a nonprofit or you run a for-profit that the way you relate to the people that you're doing contracted work for you. Oh, 100%. And you, it's all a matter of how you vibe with people. And, and you know, I, I'm very particular on who I hire because I don't like to babysit people. I don't like to micromanage people. And, you know, I again, if contract, I have a bunch of people who are, con a couple of people are contractors with me. One guy works officially for me on the books. Other people are contract. But it's all about how you vibe with the people you're working with. Because at the end of the day, if you have to spend most of your time babysitting people and you have to spend most of the time watching them, then it, you're, you're, it's not going to work out very well. 
And especially, but with a non with nonprofits, like to to hire something out to Fiverr or something like that, it's not necessarily the most practical solution because you need somebody who really believes in what you're doing in order to sell your product. I found this when I was doing sales. In order to really sell your product, you have to actually believe in the product. The only product I could never sell my entire life was Herbalife. It was like the first job my wife and I had when we got to Israel. Like everybody else, we're just like, what do we do? Saw an ad for like you can make X amount of money, so we did it. I didn't believe I couldn't I didn't I couldn't put myself behind the product because I didn't actually believe in it because I knew about weight loss I knew about health and wellness and I just couldn't so I you know but like when you believe in the it's like with product mission same thing when you believe it you need to have people working in your organization who actually believe in the mission and you need to have your teams and your contractors also believe in the mission otherwise it's not going to it's not going to flow and if you surround yourself with good people you're going to succeed. For sure. So let's go back a second to, to uh, what you're saying about uh, the connecting with the team, building your own team. And you said it's like vibing, which it sounds a lot like that's all based on communication. How do you know whether you're vibing with somebody or not? If there's somebody who you're not vibing with, are you going to work on that? You're just going to cut it off like fix the vibe you can you, you can fix the vibe but people are people and humans are humans and some people are and people who tend to be stuck in their ways so i i mean when i've been blessed that the people who work for me and have worked for me have been good quality people that i can that I, you know you can really resonate with like if i can if i can meet with you and we can have a conversation and we can get the work done and you're productive and you know everyone's happy my my barometer for is if there's if everyone's happy no one's complaining and and clients are still paying you guys are doing a great job um and but you know in terms of finding the right people um it's i i don't it's really a matter of is trial and error and really seeing like you know what the what the capabilities and what the capacity of people are um and like i said fixing like i i don't like i i don't like to waste time i don't i'm not like a no i'm like a no nonsense kind of person in a sense i'm very i'm very laid back but like if if i'm going to spend more time like trying to train you and uh, this is actually how i got a client recently um is i explain they're a very large organization and they they were interested in working with us but that the price point for one of my one of the things I originally quoted them out was they're like we can't do with that we can't do that right now. So I said, well, I noticed that you're looking to hire a marketing associate, and she said yes. I said, well, why not consider hiring four marketing associates for the price of one who are experienced and know what they're doing, and instead of wasting your entire time training somebody who's going to work with you, get all your, get all the insights out of you, and then go off and do their own thing, because that's what everybody does nowadays, hire us, and we'll make your life easier. And she's like, sounds good. So she's like, let me speak to the CEO. And he's like, she's like, he, he's totally down for that. And, and that's how we got the client. Because at the end of the day, you know, communicating... <laughs> understanding the pain points of what they're doing and then also again the vibing aspect of it is knowing how you resonate with these people and and i again we vibe very well the person who i'm working with in this organization she's a marketing person she was doing everything herself and we've came to make her life easier and the just the connection that we made by communicating over the phone and on zoom and other things like that it 
it already solidified the fact that things were going to work. And we just finished the first month with them and she was over the moon. We made, obviously there's a learning curve, but the fact that we're not like people who are new to this, you know, made things easier. So it's the same thing when you're trying to find somebody to work with you. One, you have, it's about the experience and if they, in, if, and the ability to be a, a self motivator and a self starter. And if you have that ability to be a self-motivator, especially since everyone works remotely, everyone who works for me does not come to my office. Aaron was the only person to ever come to my office. I don't know why, but it's okay. But, you know, like I spend most of my time on a computer. So it's uh, the second I can fair get enough. <laughs> you know, so if you have, you know, and, and also just being able to communicate, being able to speak like if we need to speak, like being being available, the availability of things. And so most, and so that when, when you end up hiring out to like Fiverr or these other Upwork or things like that, you lose that connection, that, that personal connection with these types of people, whereas they're just doing it out of rote and not out of passion and not because, you know, they, they just, they just clocking. Just the skill. Yeah. Just the skill. So even if you're an organization that's like, you know, stuck. These type of things are not necessarily the most ideal. Uh, something you talk about a lot on social media, um, LinkedIn, and you also speak about it with me, is this idea of community and leveraging community for your nonprofit. So can you speak to that, uh, how important that is for that sort of where podcasting comes in and I'm sure a lot of other things that you're building to help nonprofits is around this idea of community? Sure. Well, think about it. You take that that physical element of community and and how everybody's connected and you ter- turn that into a digital community where you're building you're building a group you're building an organization that you know that does just that some there's a tragedy we come around to help you you know we like and when you when you build that audience of people who are like minded just like you and who are in, who want to engage in the activities that you're doing whether it's monetarily voluntarily or you know actively working in the, the organization you have you building a greater community that's going to scale and then when you need something out of them this is why i always say about fundraising campaigns that people root screw this one up too is that they they build their email list they, you grow this email list you don't touch it till like a week before the campaign you wonder why nobody gives you any money because you're not cultivating them you're not actively taking part in the communal activities you're not bringing them part of your exactly community. you're not bringing them in so by building these communities of people who are interested in what you're doing you you know again the digital being digital opens up the doors to so many more possibilities so again like going back to the example of my client they're 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 a hyper local organization based in new york servicing women a volunteer ems organization servicing women but they had somebody out in, in Michigan organize a fundraiser for them. They had somebody out in, in Muncie organize a fundraiser for them. They have people all over the world giving them money, begging them to open up branches in their neighborhoods. Why? Because they align with the goal. They want to be part of that community. And therefore, they, they have a following that's willing to back them and scale with them. So when you do that, and when you do that the right way, then the the, the, the building a community is 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 something that can really help your organization scale and this is how you get donations on autopilot because people you 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 built the, it's like with facebook groups when i used to do facebook groups and when you have when you build up your own community of people in facebook groups you can drop your offer in there and people buy it why because you're there you're the guy they know you you're the authority 
And so it's the same thing with organizations. When you, when you, when you, when, when the CEO of a nonprofit says jump, they say, how high do we jump? And, and, and you can do it right. And this is why podcasting as a vehicle for community building for nonprofits is huge. And this is why I'm excited that I'm launching this new cohort actually with our own. Called, I call it the 60 minute nonprofit podcast launcher. Your pizza's free. And, you know, but Americans will get the joke. But, you know, teaching organizations how to podcast opens up the door to building a broader community and a broader, broader audience of people who can hear your story, connect with your story, engage with your story, and then monetarily engage with your story or whatever you want them to do. Because you got them. You got them in your net. And that's what it's all about. Awesome. So, and Aaron, what do we ask every single time when we finish off an episode? So we like to ask, what, who do you follow on LinkedIn or anywhere, but on LinkedIn specifically, um, to get better at your job, to get better at what you do, to get better at marketing, to get better at community, to learn what's working in the world of podcasting. Who do you follow? So I follow a guy named Aaron Wallenberglander. Um, that, that's I totally set you up for that. Thank you. That that's number one. Um, and he's a, uh, co-host of this, uh, podcast called the art of conversation, right? I thought, can you plug your own podcast <laughs> in a podcast? Very meta. I follow. Yeah. It, 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 that's a very tough question, honestly, because I, I like to learn from everybody. So I can't necessarily I follow somebody like yesterday. I had this call with, some, with, with the prospect and I said something stupid that I didn't realize I said something stupid. And she was the one who brought me in to meet with her organization. She called me afterwards and she told me like, you know, you said something stupid that you didn't realize was stupid. And then we fixed the problem because we got on the phone. But I said, you know, I really appreciate this. Thank you for giving me this point. I, I'm going to take it with, I'm going to take it and, and learn from it. And not, and, and when I have these type of moments, I, I take it and I learn from it. And, you know, so I can't necessarily follow specific people, gurus. I hate that term. You know, like, oh, this guy. Like, Side note, Sean, I'm going to cut in there because people actually don't know what guru means. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken, I saw this a while back from Robin Sharma, who is awesome and everybody should read his books. Uh, he said guru is actually two Sanskrit words, um, which means dispelling darkness. Oh, Somebody who dispels darkness is a guru now yes the, the term is commercialized and the term has been cheapened etc but think about it if you're dispelling darkness if you're giving light to people you're showing them the way you are a guru shining the light in the At darkest according places. to robin charm that you know no for sure i mean i get i can't i don't really have specific people that i follow on linkedin or on facebook because anyways that that, that was a great answer uh, it's a very unique like basically you learn from sean Lippman and you learn from your your mistakes and uh and you make those yeah you have to take responsibility you you screw up you take responsibility for your mistakes and that's how you learn there are people people who don't like learn from their mistakes especially in business or anything like I've had a lot of screw ups in my, in some of my companies and I've taken all these things. I, I didn't let them get me down. Otherwise I'd be like out and be like, fine, the hell with this. So I don't want to run my own business. I, I, I'd go work for somebody and get paid, not what I'm worth and, and be miserable. But you take what you, you take the lessons that you learn and the screw ups. There's no such thing as failure. 
because the world was not designed for failure. The world was designed to be to to learn from from your mistakes, take responsibility, and then and level up on that. And so that's that's what I do. Like and so I, I learn from everybody around me. And you know, like you know, my friend Brian Wallace. He actually just texted me when I was on the thing. You know, he, I learned from him that I should be on LinkedIn. Forget about it being from me Facebook. Be on LinkedIn. This is where your people are. He gave me some great advice. I learned from a guy actually who joined my Facebook group. We became really good buddies. His name was Melford Bibbins. He was like he's been doing product. He's been doing affiliate marketing for like longer than I've been alive. He came to pick my brain because he he needed help with Google Grants, and I helped him out. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to do you the favor. I usually charge a bajillion dollars for an hour consultation. I'm going to give you one for free. So we sat down. We had a great conversation. He's like, you got to go. This was this was like almost a year and a half ago. He's like, you got it going on. You just got to tweak the knobs. So I did. He helped me boost my confidence. You know, I learned from all like all sorts of people, you know, like whether they're religious figures, whether they're they're business people, you know, you just learn from everybody, absorb everything around you and then and figure out how you can like spit it out and make it your own. Amazing. All right. It was very nice. It was awesome to have you um, officially on the uh, Art of Conversation podcast. And I'm sure we're going to continue this uh, this relationship off of the podcast, offline, and uh, we'll do great things together. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Art of the Conversation, where we're having conversations about having conversations what tips, tricks, what works, and what doesn't work. Um, We hope you enjoyed this episode. And in the show notes, you're going to see a link to our LinkedIn post. Please go and join us in the conversation. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. Feel free. Offer some other things we should talk about. Join the conversation. 